Hello, hello, fellow dreamer, and welcome back to the Dream Your Life podcast. This is your host, Julia, and I am so grateful that you are here with me, with us today, and I am so excited to share this episode with you. I actually went on a run this morning and re-listened to this conversation and just got totally re-inspired, and I actually, I was running and I kept stopping to take little notes in my phone because there were just so many incredible quotes and takeaways here that I wanted to remember. So today you're going to hear from Stephanie Keith, who if you don't know her already, she is the founder of the Law of Attraction Tribe. She is an author of multiple books now, a podcast host, a mobile app creator, and so much more. This woman is not only the real deal, but she's also really relatable and just down to earth and pragmatic in her approach to the law of attraction. Like me, and I think like probably so many of you, Stephanie started in the corporate world, but realized after about a decade that she just didn't want to do it anymore. She just had no purpose or passion in her career and she wanted to make a change. So she took action. And she reconnected with her inner child and reconnected with what she loved to do and how she loved to spend her time. And she started this little Instagram page that came from this spark of an idea. And that page, well, I guess you could say that download that she got to start the page, that was the first step in her creating her incredible business, plus these book deals, this the podcast, and a life that she loves. There are so many golden nuggets of advice in this episode that I really think are going to inspire you. Like, for example, um, just leveraging subliminals, which if you hadn't haven't heard of it, I hadn't really either. It's this new kind of manifesting hack that is so interesting. So she's going to talk all about that. But if I had to kind of sum up the biggest lesson or takeaway in this conversation It's this, when it comes to changing your life or your career or moving towards a dream, you can't just take action one day, you know, or Stephanie says, you can't wait for the stars to align. You have to take action immediately as soon as the idea hits before you're ready. Mel Robbins talks about this with little actions, right? If you've, if you've heard of her talk about this. She's, she talks about like getting out of bed and starting your day one hour earlier. And you can say in your head, five, four, three, two, one, and just do the thing before you overthink it, overthink it, or your ego tries to convince you otherwise, or to sleep in a little bit. Um, but if you get an idea to reach out to a friend who built this cool business you want to learn more about, or you simply want to reach out to someone who inspires you that you follow on Instagram, send that person the text or the DM or the email right in that moment while it's fresh in your mind. If you want to start a business, go find yourself a coach or enroll in the program before you overthink it or overwhelm yourself with options and potential pitfalls and challenges. Just do it. Take inspired action when the inspiration is fresh. You might not be ready and actually... Let me rephrase this. You most likely will not be ready, but you just got to do it. And this isn't to say do something drastic and irreversible like leaving your job with zero plan. But if you want to do something, start something, create something, talk to someone, work with someone, take that first step now. And On that note, and before we jump into this conversation, you might have heard from my last couple of episodes or seen on Instagram that I am looking, still looking, for um, a couple of women. Well, I was looking for six women total who are interested in building a meaningful, fulfilling, and impactful business as an online coach. And these six women are going to provide me feedback as I finalize the program Um, this program that I've been working on for the last several months. It's called Dream Your Biz. And you guys, I am so excited about what I'm creating with this. Not because I think the content is so great. Um, 
Well, I do, but it's really because I keep thinking about how starting a coaching business could literally transform someone's entire life and future and lead them to living in true purpose and fulfillment while making great money and impacting the lives of people all over the world. Because this is how I feel, honestly. So if you have thought about using your passion for connecting with people and combining your own experiences and personal development to inspire and coach someone else, this could be your opportunity. I already have four of the six spots filled, so there are two left for this beta program. And as part of the first six, and for giving me this feedback as I finalize the modules and the structure, you will get a full 50% off the program and every single bonus for free, um, which includes, by the way, starting your own podcast from scratch. Okay, so this is going to be the last time I mention it on the podcast, well, the first six opportunity, because I know these spots will fill probably within the next couple of days. So if you're feeling a pull, message me on Instagram, the word biz, B-I-Z, and I will send you all of the juicy details. All right, guys, I don't want to make you wait any longer to jump into this inspiring conversation with the incredible Stephanie Keith. Hello, hello, I'm Julia, and this is the Dream Your Life podcast. This podcast is your guide to intentionally creating the life of your dreams. We talk purpose and passion and love and work and money and family and attaining abundance across all of these things. I'm here because I know from my own experiences that with the right mindset, all of us can live our dream life. So join me and start dreaming your life today. Hello, hello, Stephanie, and welcome to the Dream Your Life podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yes, absolutely. And I've been binging your podcast and watching you on social media. I'm, I'm really, really excited to dive into so much with you today. Uh, but first, I want to start with gratitude. So can you share with us three things that you are grateful for today? Yeah. So I don't want to start putting a damper on the episode, but I have to say, um, I live in Tampa, Florida and we had hurricane Ian come through last week. And so it was supposed to hit Tampa head on and, um, it ended up shifting and, uh, we actually had no damage whatsoever to our house or our neighborhood. So I've just spent all week, like sitting in gratitude that my kids are safe, that my home is safe. And we got through it and um, just sending so much love to South of us that, that did get hit pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and we were chatting about this a little bit earlier and I, I'd love to circle back on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to just, sometimes we don't think about just like the fundamental of just having a roof over our head and health. So that's a good one. Um, what are two other things that you're grateful for? So I'm really grateful for my second book just came out and is doing great so far. Um, I had two books come out this year, which is something that was a goal on my bucket list that I thought maybe someday later in life would happen. And the fact that it happened this year, I'm just still can't quite believe it, but I'm just incredibly, incredibly grateful for it. And, and then I'm grateful for the weather. So we've had horrible humidity here in Florida. And this week it actually feels like fall and it's just been cool and breezy. And I've got to be outside pretty much all day with my kids and there's mm. nothing like a perfect weather day. So I'm super oh, grateful for it. I know. And there's nothing like a perfect fall day. I feel like fall yeah. has this magical energy just with like the changing of the colors and the air and I also just love Halloween and then it's this lead up to holidays and, um, yeah, a perfect fall day. It's hard to beat. 
So I'm Absolutely. with you on that. Yeah. And I'm with you with the holidays. It's so much yeah. fun, especially yeah. with the kids, like yeah. getting them to decorate and everything. It's great. Mm-hmm. I know. I love it. Um, all right. Well, I would love to start Stephanie with, um, just your story. I, like I told you, I've listened to a few of your, um, episodes from your podcast and, I, I just love your voice and your authenticity and your approach to manifestation, but I don't actually know your story aside from the fact that you too are former corporate and now have this new business, new life, and you're teaching this stuff and obviously very passionate about it as am I. Um, but I would love to hear just a little bit about actually what led you here when you discovered manifestation and when you kind of turned this into a business. Yeah. So I actually learned about the law of attraction back in 2009 when I had my daughter and I learned about it the same way most people did, which was with the secret by Rhonda Byrne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, at the time I was, I was right out of college, got in my first, you know, entry level corporate job and I had my daughter and while I was pregnant with her, my husband was laid off from his job And we just found ourselves in this very tight situation where we were living paycheck to paycheck. We had a lot of issues. We were in a home that was like a hundred years old and had never been updated. And that was fine when we were young and single. And as soon as we had this baby, I, um, I just, you know, didn't want my daughter to grow up in this home that could have mold and, um, faulty electric wiring and everything, but we could barely afford diapers at the time. And I just, for the first time in my life, I felt completely stuck. Like I knew I wanted more, but had no idea, you know, how to get there and didn't really think my life was going to look quite like it had. And I was talking to my mom who she lived about six hours away from us. And I was incredibly homesick. She's like my best friend. And this was the first time we had been apart and I was just crying and I just, you know, wanted to be by her and wanted to just feel better about things. And she mailed me the secret and she's like, just read this book. Like it's really a good, you know, positive read. So I got it. And the moment I opened the book, it it was like my whole entire body just lit Mm. up. It was like every cell of my being was telling me, this is it. This is Mm -hmm. your answer. And I read it immediately in one sitting. And then I read it again and again. And I remember calling her and I was like literally jumping up and down. I was like, this book is going to change my life. (laughs) And she's super into it. And she's like, she was all excited. And wait, did she know? Because I love that it was your mom that gave it to you because it, um, I think for that generation, it was very like new age woo woo. You know, I feel like just around the millennial generation is when people started becoming really open to it again after like Napoleon. I just feel like there was that period where it was just like, no, like the fact that your mom read it and it inspired her enough to then send it to you. Was it, has she, was she always spiritual or was this like in line with her? own? Yeah. So she's kind of like, I guess she was like secretly spiritual. Mm -hmm. Like she's very, very intuitive and we've actually, we love going to like psychic mediums and stuff Oh, and really? Okay. Say that she's a medium and that it runs mm-hmm. in our bloodline. And so she's always been very in tune with the spiritual world and very into all of that stuff. And she's given me all sorts of books over the years about spirit guides and things like that. Mm-hmm. She does Reiki now. Um, oh, wow. so okay. it was, it was different at that time. It, it was looked upon as like new age or kind of weird to be honest. And that was something that I really battled with in the corporate world because I learned about this and applied it to my life. And within three months of reading the book, we bought our dream home. My husband was not on board. He thought I was crazy (laughs) talking about the law of attraction. And I was like, well, I'm going to prove it to you. And I'm going to prove it to you by, we're going to get our dream home. We're going to get out of this, this house that's falling apart. And when that happened, it was like, the set of circumstances that took place over those three months were miraculous. Like there's no way we could have predicted any of it, 
So he became a believer after seeing it and it strengthened my mom's faith and everything as well. Cause she kind of watched us through this process and it helped me in my business as well, because I set out to manifest money and I was manifesting raises and bonuses and working my way up the career ladder. And so I knew about the law of attraction and tried to implement it like in the corporate world without letting people know I was implementing it, you know, like kind of changing up the lingo a little bit, but using a lot of the same techniques around setting intentions. And um, it's pretty incredible. Some of the things that correlated with that, but around my 30th, well, it was on my 30th birthday. I had, you know, that, that moment, that spiritual awakening slash mental breakdown moment where I looked back and realized I had spent an entire decade of my life completely submerged in this corporate job title. And outside of this job title and outside of being a mom, I had no identity. Like I just had lost who I was. I didn't have any hobbies, any friends, like everything I did was about my career and around being a mom. And it just was a big wake up call. And I, even though I had manifested a lot of external success, like if people looked at me, they would have thought like, oh, you have it all. Like everything seems great. But internally it was a huge struggle. I wanted to be home and like watch my daughter grow up. And I felt like I was never really doing that. I was working all the time and I wasn't doing something that fulfilled me. Um, you know, a lot of questions came up, like, how am I leaving a mark on the world? How am I helping? What, what is the purpose of me even being here? Like, what would people say about me that I was a good employee, you know? And it just led me down this whole path of like, in that moment, I realized I don't want to do this anymore. I want to find my purpose and fulfill it. And I don't want to wait until retirement Mm -hmm. to enjoy life. And that's what I was doing. I was living for the weekend But then the weekend would roll around and I would spend the weekend running errands, catching up on things. And then I would spend all day Sunday dreading Monday. And it was just this horrible pattern. And I thought, I'm going to break it. I'm going to get out of it. So I started the Law of Attraction Tribe Instagram page and just kind of started it as a hobby, but it quickly took off. And I started to realize- What, sorry, um, what was, cause I think I love these, like these moments. Cause this mm-hmm. was, you know, we can think of it as inspired action or a download or just, you did it on a whim, no intention. Was this an intentional, like thought, you know, like was, was there a lot of thought that went into it, into planning, or was it more of like, I need a creative outlet. I want to find like-minded people. Like what was the intention in creating that? Yeah. So the first thing I did that, that same day that I had this like breakdown and I thought, I don't even know what I would want to do. Like I had no idea who I was, what I was about. So I got out a sheet of paper and I was like, I'm just going to write down everything I'm good at, everything I love. And it was like the saddest list in the world. I had like (laughs) the law of attraction. So I was like super into law of attraction books. And then I was like, I love scrolling on Instagram. And that was like it. And I was like, I'm the lamest person in the world. I have like no interest. That is so funny. I just have to say, I did the exact same thing. And I, and but I put it in the notes app on my phone and it had like, yeah, it had law of attraction manifestation. It's one of my passions. And then I wrote um, listening to podcasts and then like some random things. And I remember looking at it and feeling that same way. Like, well, this is a fruitless list. I just like, like all this weird stuff, but you never know. Right. I mean, I even remember joking with my husband and I was like, I wish I could just get paid to like be on Instagram all day. And he was like, yeah, that's never going to happen. So you need a backup plan. Um, but really like at the time, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I didn't know, like, I barely was on Instagram at the time. Um, So there were just a lot of things that I couldn't have foreseen, but I made that list. And then I just kind of like sat on it and I just, I started taking action in creative ways. I started thinking, what did I do as a kid that I loved? I loved reading. I loved painting. I loved playing outside. I started doing those things and none of those things led to anything but they opened up that creative spark in me. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I had like this super clear connection where I would just download ideas all the time. 
And I remember I was laying in bed with my daughter. Um, she was getting ready to fall asleep. So I got out my phone and I would just kind of sit there with her until she'd fall asleep. And I just got this super crystal clear download that was like, start a law of attraction Instagram page and just start Mm -hmm. talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember like having a moment of hesitation because this was kind of like in the more of the beginning days of Instagram where there were a lot of trolls. There was a lot of like, everything has to look perfect, but the, the message was so clear. And before I could even place that doubt in my mind, I just opened up Instagram and I started the page and I posted my first post and I saw another girl that I went to high school with who was posting a lot of like motivational stuff and she had a thousand followers. And I thought like, okay, if I work really hard at this for an entire year, maybe I'll get to a thousand followers. And if I get to a thousand followers, I'm going to keep going with it. And if I don't, at least I tried Mm -hmm. and I got a thousand followers in the first month. And I was like, okay, I'm on to something. And And, sorry, what what, were you just posting um, motivational, like quotes, all like quotes, I would post quotes. And then the caption would basically just be like describing my journey and the process of the law of attraction And at the time, I didn't know anyone other than my mom and my husband in my real life that knew any of this or that was interested. Oh, wow. Talking about it with, you know, coworkers or friends, I'd get a lot of blank stares. It was like, oh, Stephanie (laughs) with like her woo-woo stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so this opened me up to like a whole new world, a whole community of people that were like me that wanted to learn about this and were interested. And so it became just as fulfilling for me, like I was getting so much out of posting this stuff and reading the comments and messaging people. And I just, I was so amazed that I would be talking with someone from like Tanzania or Mm -hmm. Italy. And, you know, it was, it was really cool to just instantly connect with all these other people. And it really was a hobby for a long time. I did a couple things. I had like some online courses and I self-published a workbook, but I was kind of going about it, treating it like a hobby. I had one foot in the corporate world and the other foot in this, and I wasn't really taking any of them seriously, you know? And I got to the point in my corporate job where it got so bad that I was having panic attacks, like literal, like going to the ER thinking I was having a heart attack. It was a panic attack. And I really believe that when you're meant to do something and you don't take that inspired action, the universe will sort of force you to move by throwing something in your way. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's a negative thing, you know? So all of a sudden I'm, you know, dealing with panic attacks and this manager that was just like trying to get me fired. And it was really stressful, but I feel like it all happened for a reason because I wasn't making up my mind. And this was like pushing me to do something about it. So I was like, I'm going to ask the universe, like I'm putting it out there. I want to leave. I want to turn this into my career. Let me know when the right time is. I need a crystal clear answer. And I ended up getting pregnant after my, my daughter at the time was 10. So I didn't think I could have more kids. Like we tried and tried and it never happened. And the moment I found out I was pregnant, I was like, this is it. This is my answer. Like this, I'm going to leave on maternity leave and I'm never coming back. And that's exactly what I did. I went on maternity leave and I told my family, my friends, I'm not coming back. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm going to figure it out, but I'm not going back. And everyone in my life was doubting me. Everyone except for my husband was like, you need to have a plan B. You need to come up with what you're going to do because your business, like this hobby, it's not really making money yet. And I was like, I, I just, I know I'm not coming back and I couldn't describe it to them, but I just knew like everything would be okay. And while I was in the hospital with my daughter, I just had her and I'm sitting there and I get an email on my phone from a friend that I had met through Instagram. And she was like, Hey, can I hire you full time? Like you can work from your phone while you're nursing your baby. Like, I just need you to help me with my Instagram page and I will pay you. She was paying me like what I made of my corporate job. And I was like, boom, like that's it. That's the answer. So that was kind of my ease into getting out of the corporate world, but you know, making my way towards building up my business and It really took off over the last year and a half. Um, 
I put on my vision board that I wanted to publish a book. That was like the first thing that kind of came to mind back when I had that breakdown. I'm like, someday I want to leave a book. I want to write a book because it will be here long after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. It'll be something my kids can like remember me for. And um, so I put it on my vision board and a couple of my friends who were authors totally talked me out of it. They were like, you're not going to make any money. Like the, the publishers like take everything and da, 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 da. So I ended up thinking, well, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. And I forgot about it. This was like in 2018. And then 2020, I did a vision board party and I was showing everyone in, in this party, my old vision board from 2018. And I saw all this stuff about being a best-selling author and I got like, all those feelings came rushing back. And I was mm. like, you know what? This is a dream that I'm not giving up on. Like, I'm I'm going to do this. And so I put it on my vision board and I just kind of like, let it go. I just put it on. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do it someday. I totally believe I'm going to do it someday. And that was really all the thought I gave to it. The next month, a publisher reached out to me and offered me a book deal. And then six months- Just later, randomly- yeah, they said, we are writing a manifestation book and we want you to write it. And I guess they had found me on Instagram and um, reached out. And next thing, and I thought it was a scam at first. I was like, yeah, right. Like, this is totally a scam. Yeah. And I got like my um, dad involved and he's reading the contract and it all, it was legitimate. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it was like all of a sudden in one year, kind of everything came together. I had my books come out. I created an app. Um, my podcast yeah. really took off. There were just a lot of different things, coaching and masterminds. And um, it's like looking back, I never would have projected exactly what a what would happen. Mm. But little every step of the way, I was getting these little intuitive breadcrumbs. And I just followed it one step at a time. And it led to something that was incredibly fulfilling and abundance follows when you're doing what you love, you know, it's, yeah. it just goes hand in hand. Uh, yeah. When you're doing what you love and you believe that you can be successful. I love this. And I've, I've been like kind of taking notes because there's like so many things that you said that I wanted to um, ask you about, but first just taking a step back and rewinding back to when you're in corporate and you discover law of attraction and I discovered it too, very early on, like 2008, 2009. Um, and like you applied it in corporate. And for me, I was in sales and um, I was actually just talking to someone about this because we're saying, how do you use it in a corporate environment? I'm like, well, for me, it was like, everyone would just focus on this idea that it's a numbers game. You know, you have to follow this and follow up and reach out and Salesforce. And I was all about, it's connection, it's intention. It's, I would like visualize myself being at the top of the leaderboard, like this type of stuff. But I would love to hear from your perspective, when you say that I was practicing it kind of on the DL, what does that actually mean? And for anyone's listening who is in corporate or in sales or in some role where there are these kind of tangible goals and, and metrics, how can we use these principles, law of attraction, manifestation to be successful in a corporate environment. Yeah. So visualizing was my key. I mean, mm -hmm. that really helped me. And I remember when I was, I worked for Coca-Cola and my goal after that was to get into pharmaceuticals. Cause in my mind, that was like the top tier of, of sales. And at the time there was one position posted. We lived in a very rural community and everyone told me they're not going to take you. They're only hiring people that have like a ton of experience in pharmaceuticals or medical sales. And I just visualized it. I visualized the interview. I visualized mm -hmm. them offering me the job on the spot. I visualized the salary I wanted. And sure enough, you know, I end up getting the job. And then I go to, they send you away for training to learn everything. And they said, you know, at the end, there's going to be like one, whatever, like, winner that gets this award or whatever. And I visualized, I'm like, I'm going to get that award. And I told one of the girls with me, I'm like, I'm taking that home. And she's <laughs> like, Oh, okay. Like someone's really confident. Yeah. And I took it home. And I remember telling my boss about this. Cause he's like, man, like, that's really cool. Like, how'd you win that? I was like, 
I just told myself that's mine. I'm taking it home. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. So at these sales meetings that we were having, he started implementing that. He'd be like, okay, what's a, what's like a crazy goal that you guys want? And we would say something and he's like, higher, like, let's think of something bigger. And we'd say it. And then he'd write it on the board and everyone would be like, there's no way, like, you can't hit that. And he's like, well, why, why not? Like, why not just have fun with it? And so he started implementing it for our team. And we would all, as a team, we would get on these calls every week and we would visualize our goal. We would be like, oh my God, I can't believe we're number one in the nation. And we just hit market leadership. Mm -hmm. And we did this for like a whole year. And our little rural, like no name team that no one had ever heard of before got on stage at the national meeting. And we, we were the first people in the entire country to hit market leadership with one of our products. And we would do all of these like challenges where they'd be like, right, you're going to win $500, you know, whoever's on the leaderboard here. And they would do stuff like that all the time. And every time they would pull up that leaderboard, I would visualize my name at the Mm -hmm. top and I would just think about it. And during the day I'd be like, I'm at the top, I'm number one. And like, I would affirm it and I would write about it. Like, I'm so grateful that I got the leadership award Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. And every damn time I was like at the top of the leaderboard. So I really do think visualization is key. And I think if you have a lot of doubt in things, you know, coming up in your mind, that's making you feel like it's not possible. um, You can say affirmations out loud or my favorite tool that I use now, I didn't know about it at the time, but kind of like a little manifestation hack is to use subliminal affirmations because that's going right into your subconscious mind. It's bypassing the conscious mind that likes Mm -hmm. to place all the doubt and it can help overcome a lot of the doubts and fears and worries that come up when you're trying to visualize a really big goal. And so this is, this is basically affirmations repeated when you're sleeping or when you're not really aware of, of, or, or consciously thinking about them. Right. Yeah. So they're um, subliminal basically just means below the threshold of consciousness. So what I use are audio subliminals where you don't consciously hear them. It's like a dog whistle. Like it's there and it exists and it has a purpose, but our, you know, human ears are not like taking that in. But something that I learned is that the subconscious can process around 200 billion bits where the conscious mind can only process about 2000. So there's so much in our environment that we just are completely clueless about that our subconscious is taking in and subliminals is one of those. So I have like a software program that will actually take your affirmations and speed them up and loop them. So in a one hour audio, you're hearing like 900 affirmations. Imagine like trying to say 900 affirmations out loud. What is this? What is this? Is it like? No, you don't hear. All you hear is meditation music. So I put like binaural beats. I'll put like theta waves, some nice meditation music. And that's all you're consciously hearing. But your subconscious is taking in this uh, subliminal that's embedded in the audio. So it's. Um, well, wait, this is, this, yeah. this is also so timely because I just two weeks ago, I had, um, have you heard of the self pause app? It's an affirmations. Oh. It's a really beautiful affirmations app. And I had the, um, the creator on the podcast, we were talking about affirmations and I, I asked him about subliminal and, and, but that's not really what this app is for, but we were both talking about how it is very powerful. Um, and I, I didn't actually realize that you, it's not, it's inaudible in the way yeah. that you, you create them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. It's inaudible. And they, you know, there's like visual subliminals as well. So back to my corporate job, yeah. um, big corporations use subliminals all the time in their advertising. Yeah. Um, and so like the, the first big thing that kind of like brought this into public awareness was in the fifties where a man who owned a movie theater did a subliminal visual during this really popular movie that said, if you're thirsty, go buy a Coke. Yeah. If you're hungry, like eat popcorn. And he, he did it where it flashed at one, three thousand, three thousandth of a second. So there's no way you're consciously going to be aware of that. 
but his sales went through the roof. I remember this. I I studied this in psychology in college. I remember this exact case study. Yeah. So there's been a lot of studies over the years and there's also been a lot of kind of like trying to put the kibosh on it, like trying to downplay subliminals. So I think that, I don't know, I have my thoughts on that, but I just, I believe fully that they work because I've seen them work for me personally. And with my, um, the girls in my inner tribe, we talk about it all the time. And then the fact that I was, you know, working for these huge companies that, I mean, it it wasn't a secret. They talked about it in our marketing meetings, how, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, ever notice how, um, you can hear someone doing like that, like at the end of a Coca-Cola commercial, well, that's intentional. It's triggering a response, a physical response in your body to become thirsty. And then you're pairing that with the beverage you see on the screen. And now you've made that neural connection that when I'm thirsty, I crave a whatever, you know, that Mm -hmm. beverage was. So I, I knew that if big corporations are using this and it's been done in sort of this tricky, manipulative sort of way, is there a way that we can use it intentionally and purposefully to manifest our goals and, you know, and being completely transparent with it. That's a big thing too. So every subliminal that I make, I always post every single affirmation that's in it so that everyone that's listening to it knows exactly what their subconscious mind is taking in. Because I just, I don't know, I don't feel right about like going forward with something and you don't really know what the yeah. message is. So yeah. I kind of put it all out there. So it's like, this is what your listen, your subconscious is listening to when you listen to this audio and the results are astounding. It's like, I do feel like it speeds up the manifestation process because it's so powerful at reprogramming the subconscious mind mm-hmm. because your subconscious, it needs that repetition. Like you've had these beliefs your whole life and you can't just kind of rewire decades of beliefs with one affirmation. You've got to have that repetition. And so I, that's yeah, I also really like something that you said in one of your podcast episodes. And I, I, I talk about this a lot too, is the the fact that in this space in when we think about manifestation there's a lot of emphasis on working through stuff right working through limiting beliefs identifying limiting beliefs rewriting them and what you had mentioned in this episode what what i strongly believe is that's just a lot of focus on what we don't want to focus on right and right. um and there is there is a lot of it's important, especially if these limiting beliefs are holding you back. But to your whole point, it's subliminals are a way to sort of bypass that focusing on the lack, on what you don't have, on what you don't want to believe about yourself, um, and really getting the subconscious in in the game. Yeah, I think kind of observing, like lightly observing what's coming up for you when you are feeling resistance is important. But I feel like as soon as you have awareness of something like that's the power is having awareness that, oh, okay. So I believe that the only way that I can be successful is if I have this corporate job. Okay. Well, is that really true? Like, is that even my belief or is that just something my dad told me when I was growing up? And like, are there other people who have been successful that don't have a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people I follow on Instagram that have been successful. Okay. Well maybe I can be too. Like if they can do it, then that means that this belief is false. You know, there's evidence to contradict it. So it's a false belief. And now I'm going to believe that I can. And it like, for me, it's always been that simple. I think as human beings, we do try to complicate things and, you know, really dive down the rabbit hole with those limiting beliefs. And I think it's a slippery slope. I think it can totally. find yourself in a dark place by doing that. Yeah, totally. Because if you keep asking why, why this, why this, why, why do I believe this? Why do I believe money doesn't grow on trees? Oh, I have no self-worth. Okay. Well, what does that mean about, but sometimes it doesn't have to go that far. It can just be really just like identifying that specific belief, how it's, making you feel in the moment, reframing it, and then not really going a lot further if you don't have to. Yeah. And the thing about the subconscious mind is it takes commands. So it doesn't know that something is 
in your imagination or in your real life. So all of my affirmations, I always say them in the present tense, like, like it's already a part of my life. Like I am a best-selling author. And even if I'm not yet a best-selling author, my subconscious doesn't, it doesn't know that you're making it up or, or not. And so if your subconscious sees it as already done, then there's no reason to resist it. You know what I mean? Like the limiting beliefs just sort of fall away on their own. So that's just my, my method. And I always tell people like, you got to trust your feelings and some people want to go deep with the limiting beliefs. And, you know, if that's what feels right to you, like trust that. But for me, I'd rather just stick to more of the positive and fun, you know, outcome that I want versus all of the things that could potentially hold me back. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you, so you were successful, well, quote unquote successful, right? Successful by society, successful in terms of your getting on the leaderboard, getting on stages in corporate, but you feel this tug like this, this isn't what I want my life to be. There feels like there's not a whole lot of purpose or passion or meaning, which I think a lot of people are feeling right now. Um, especially women who, well, women and men, but people who've done the corporate thing for a decade or so and realize like, is this the legacy that I want to leave? Maybe I want to do something on my own. And, um, so for you, I guess the first question is, um, is like when you decided to take that, you know, start the Instagram account and, um, did it feel, does it always feel aligned? Does it always feel like this, like you were on kind of this right path or were there lots of different iterations and kind of like how, when you're in this, this exploring phase where you're following your curiosities, you're taking inspired action. Like when for, in your experience, do you know that, okay, this is right. This is good. Like I'm in alignment. Yeah. Well, something that my mom brought up to me is she's like, you never just idly like wait for something to happen. You always just go for it. And that Mm -hmm. is very true. I've taken a lot of inspired action. I don't, I don't wait around for like all the stars to align and everything to be perfect. I just go for it. And I usually go for it before I even have a chance to doubt it. And I think that that's what I see in coaching. A lot of people is there's people that are all really good at setting intentions but then there's the group that just goes for it and they take action and it's messy and they mess up and they might fail and then they learn and then they try again and then they do this and they do that. And then there's the people that spend the entire year just thinking about it and like waiting and waiting and (laughs) thinking and planning. And at some point you have to just go for it. Yeah. And you know, you're nothing is ever going to be perfect. The timing is never going to be right. But when you get an inspired idea, if you don't act on it, like, right then, I kind of feel like it just goes away and probably goes off to someone else. And it's like, a lot of times we'll get these ideas and we'll think, well, I'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. But when you have the idea come through, I I believe in divine timing. And that's the time when you're like energetically amped up for it. Yes, And And you try to come back to it later, you might not have the same emphasis on it. That's why like with my podcast episodes, I never really batch record because I've tried that. And I feel like the energy is just like, eh, it's not great. But when I get an inspired idea, I'm like, oh, I need to record. And, and then you can feel it. It's like, you can feel the energy behind it. And the the episode always does better. So totally. I'm the same. Well, for my solo episodes, always like Mm -hmm. I, I, I record it either like the day before or, and it will be, and, and it's, I don't have to overthink it. It just comes out because I'm, and then, and then sometimes I try to think about it in advance and I'll lose the, I'll remember the idea, but it, I won't have the same energy or excitement when I'm speaking about it. So the right. same, I think you can apply this to anything. You have an idea to start an Etsy store, like go and just, you know, open up whatever it takes, like do the steps, put something on there because a month later, that idea might not sound great, or you might not have that same kind of inspiration. And, um, and so I think you can really think about this in 
any way, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, take one little step towards it as soon as you get the idea. I agree. Like I think back to when I got the idea to start the Instagram page and I could have said, well, it's nine o'clock at night. I'm tired. I'm on my phone. I don't have any images prepared and thought, well, I'll get to it tomorrow. Would I have ever gotten to it? Like that could have been the moment that changed my life. You know, I I just did it. I opened it up. I started it. And I, once I got started, it's like all those fears kind of melted away. Cause it's like, okay, I did my first post. I'm still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing bad yeah. happened. Like, yeah. We're okay. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes is just that one little action, like reaching out to that one person you've been wanting to talk to, opening up that TikTok account or Instagram page or that first podcast episode. And then from there, you, you're just on this new path. Like you've forged a new path in your life. I feel like if there's one thing that people are going to take from this episode, it should be this. Cause I don't think I've ever really emphasize this in the same way. We talk about inspired action, but what we're saying right now is, is immediate action, a little action. I, I love that what you said about reaching out to the person. Cause, um, I, about a year ago, I was on Instagram and I saw one of my old coworkers had um, gotten engaged and she's a career coach and on the side, she works at Apple, but I was, something in that post, I was like, congratulations. Then I was like, God, she's creating these courses for high school and college students. I wonder if there's some kind of synergy here, if we could incorporate mindset into it. And then I was like, ah, I don't know, you know, she's busy. And And then I said, no, I'm going to reach out to her immediately. That post was still open. And I shot her an email. We're a year later and we have a high school program that's available all over the world. And we we're, we're now business partners, but it, it's that kind of thing. It's like, if I hadn't, not only would I have lost the, the inspiration to do that because you're in the moment, but I probably would have just moved on to something else, you know, had another idea and tried something new. But I, I think there's so much in just acting in the moment, like send that text, make that call, write that email, do that one thing right when it hits you. I I totally agree. And, you know, when I was in my corporate job and I was busy, you know, because most people are, you're working, you have a lot on your plate. I would get up early. And before I even looked at my work email or got started with my work day, I would think like, what is one action that I can do right now to bring me closer to my goals? And sometimes like, that's good too. Cause it really gets you mm-hmm. before the rest of the world takes up your time. It gets mm-hmm. you focused, gets you kind of in that mode of working towards your own goals before everyone else needs you for something. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Stephanie? So let's say that you had that download or all of this happened not in, when was this that you said you left your corporate job? Uh, this was in 2019. 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So it was still, it, 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 it wasn't, I, I guess my, my question is now that you're in this space and you see how many manifestation coaches there are, how many programs are out there, you know, we have, there's, once you're in it, you start to like see how big it is. And I think that that can really deter a lot of people. Like it's too saturated. You know, I'm too late to the game. I'm too this, like, oh, I want to open this up, but oh, there's a hundred people who have already done it. What is advice that you can give someone like that? Who is like, I have this idea, but I'm, it's almost too late for it because someone already did the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't buy that whatsoever. I think (laughs) that everyone has their own unique energy and, you know, you, you think about like the manifestation space, for example, because there's times where I've been like that too. I, I, if I see someone else doing something similar to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, well, now they're doing it too, you know? But when you think about it, like I follow a ton of manifestation people. It's not like I only pick one and I'm like, that's the only person I'm ever going to buy from or ever going to listen to. Right. And so for me, the way I've shifted that is the more, like the more I see, the more I know I'm aligning with it. So if I see other people 
that are ahead of me that have already achieved that goal. I look at that as a sign from the universe of like, this is evidence that Mm -hmm. you can be successful too. Mm -hmm. And like, just imagine if like, let's say, I don't know if you believe in like spirit guides or anything like that. I, I, I do. And I want, and I'm an, I have a note okay. to share something, but yeah. <laughs> well, then I'll throw this out there. Like, let's say, you know, you have your spirit guide team and let's say they're trying to show you, like, you're having all this doubt. You don't know when to get started. And so they're like, well, we're going to show you like this woman's making money off of it. This woman's abundant. This woman is successful. This woman is successful. And then they hear you say, oh, well, there's too many people doing it. So I can't do it now. Like imagine how frustrating that would be. You know, it's like, no, this is a sign. This is evidence again for your subconscious mind that if they can do it, you can do it too. And there is no other person like you. And I think that's the most remarkable Mm -hmm. thing about the human experience is there is no other person that has ever existed ever. That is (laughs) like you. And so- there's going to be people for you. There's going to be people that aren't for you, but the right people will find you if you follow that passion and you take that inspired action as it comes. And, and just you're, trust yeah. It, and you that know? you're, and that you are you. And I know this is said a lot, but this whole, you know, authenticity and alignment, but um, what I was going to say, and it's so funny you bring up spirit guides, but last weekend um, I did a little solo birthday retreat and one of the gifts to myself was a spirit guide reading. Actually, the the woman who did this reading had been on this podcast. And so she actually gifted it to me for my birthday. And my spirit guides came back. And one of the questions that I had was, I was starting to feel not like imposter syndrome necessarily, but I'm a big Abraham Hicks fan. And I, I listen to the podcast and I listen to her tapes and all the books and stuff. And I, and I asked the spirit guides kind of like, I don't feel like I'm as profound. I don't think I, my words are as flowy and beautiful and eloquent. And right away, the medium was like, oh my God, they're just going like this. They're like, Julia, (laughs) they're like, Julia, you need to use your own words. And by the way, Abraham Hicks is like up here. It doesn't land with people. People want to hear things in the way that you say them. It has to come from your energy. Don't try to use this profound, eloquent, flowery language. It doesn't work with your people. Like use it, like let it be just authentic to how you want to speak and how you want to share and how you want to be. And it was like, that I knew that, I think it was so validating, but I think just for anyone listening, it's that too. It's your energy, your the, your voice, the your perspective, your experience, everything makes you part of what you're saying, your unique self. And that is going to resonate with your tribe. Yeah, absolutely. I love that about the spirit guides. <laughs> I, I always, oh my gosh, I get the best messages when I do those readings, but it just, I don't know why like this came to mind, but this really motivated me when I was thinking about starting a podcast. And I had that thought. I was like, there's so many podcasts, you know, out there right now. Um, who would want to listen to me? And I was listening to an episode. I don't even remember what the podcast was, but they were interviewing the woman that started Marriage and Martinis. I don't know if you've heard of that podcast. No, but, but I like the title. Yeah. She, you know, her and her husband were going to get a divorce and they just thought, you know, should we try therapy? Like try to work it out. And she's like, let's do a podcast and just show the world like how messy this is because we know there's other people going through this. And they just decided to like do this podcast. They didn't know anyone, didn't have any connections, nothing. They started the podcast. Like no one was listening, hardly anyone. And out of the blue, apparently um, a writer for Rolling Stone magazine was like an avid listener, you know, secretly, like he found this podcast, he loved it. And he wrote an article about it in Rolling Stone. And overnight they became a huge success. They went from nothing to like a million followers and you just never know who's Mm going to listen and who you're going to resonate with. So why not try? It's like Mm -hmm. worst case scenario, it doesn't go anywhere, but best case scenario, all of your dreams can come true. So why wouldn't you at least try? Totally. 
Wait, I have two follow-ups to that, but are the, is, did their marriage improve? Yeah. I mean, they're still married and okay. it's really, it's an interesting mm-hmm. podcast because they'll like fight like during the podcast, oh, really? but that's what's so like people love it because they show everything. They show like the ugly worst moments to show that like, this is what happens when you're married for X amount of years. And this is how we navigate it. And, you know, and so they've come a long way and it, I mean, I think it did save their marriage because they're still married, but it totally changed their life. I mean, Mm -hmm. they are very successful now. I think that they go and, and like speak on stages across the country and, It's just like, who would have ever thought, you know, and they could have been scared and said like, well, we're not going to do that. Who's going to want to listen to us arguing. (laughs) That that's how I felt about this podcast when I started, because I knew I wanted to start a podcast and my, um, my husband, or I was trying to, I, I thought I wanted to do a podcast on finding your purpose. And then my husband was like, why don't you do a podcast on you know, all this stuff, all your manifestation, like you're obsessed with manifestation and law of attraction. And I had the same thought. I'm like, but no one's going to want to listen to that. And I'm going to run out of content <laughs> real fast. And here we are. I mean, I could just, and I get to talk to people like you and just, I, I love it so much, but it's also helping so many people. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think to your point, you never know, but if you follow by just doing something that feels right to you, that that's, that's the first step. Yeah. And just think too, like when you're old and you're looking back on your life, are you going to regret that you didn't try this thing? Or are you mm-hmm. going to regret that you did? Like most people are going to regret the things that they didn't do. And so just try it. And if your ego gets a little bruised, like you'll survive, but at least you can say you tried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ego, get, well, that could be another podcast episode, but that's all part of it, yeah. <laughs> right? That's all the lessons and everything. Um, okay. So I, I know we're almost at time, but I, I have to ask. So you have, I downloaded your app. I have not yet played around with it. I'm excited to do that. Um, you have this book, you have your masterminds and your coaching and you're raising children. And I think one of the biggest questions that I get asked Um, And I think one of the the top kind of challenges that um, especially working parents have to deal with is this like idea of, well, I don't have the time to do all of this stuff. So we don't have to go all into this right now, but do you have any just kind of like overarching advice or thoughts when it comes to this, when it comes, because writing a book and launching an app and all the coaching stuff you do and this community and your Instagram and your kids, like that's a lot. So what is, what is your advice when it comes to Well, first of all, like if I were to sit down and say like in one year, I'm going to create an app and write two books and, (laughs) you know, I would have like had a panic attack. I'd be like, no way that's not happening. So again, like it was, it it comes to me as inspired action. And I feel like when you take the action in that moment, it's easy and it feels fun and it doesn't feel hard. And that's just, I know I'll, I'll get to the time thing in a second, but that's like a motto that I live by. Like my whole thing is manifesting a life. You don't need a vacation from. I make everything easy. I manifest yeah. with ease. If it's hard, then it's not right for me. Me too. I, no. I, I want it to feel fun and feel good. Yeah. As far as the time thing. So I have my mom come in the morning, like a few days a week. So I schedule everything around those specific times. Like I have blocks of time three days a week. And if there's a podcast interview or something that I have to do on video that my kids can't be in the room it's those times or, or not at all. And I just yeah. really stick by that because in the beginning I was trying to accommodate and I was just all, all the time frantic and busy. So I really stick to those, those key times and then everything else. Like I just try to do, um, before I pick up my oldest daughter from school and I'll, I'll work like with the kids in the room and stuff, but I, I don't make things harder than they need to be. Yeah. And I think that's something that I see a lot of times from coaching clients that I work with that we put a lot on our plate that doesn't need to be put on our plate. Like mm-hmm. you focus on the one task that you can do, mm-hmm. which is creating the content, doing the things that light you up mm-hmm. and all the other stuff 
is just extra. You can get a VA to do that, or you can do that in your downtime if you have extra time. But if you just focus on the the one thing that you're really good at, like if you focus on actually recording podcast uh, content, then you'll be fine. So just start with that and block out like For me, it's three days a week that I block out. And that way the rest of the week is completely open. If we want to go to Disney or go to the beach or whatever, we can live that lifestyle without it being a, you know, 24 seven work week. Yeah. Prioritize the things that are going to make an impact. The prioritize the things that are going to give you energy and that are um, the things that you're good at and enjoy doing and then set boundaries. Yeah. Um, around everything. I love that. Um, I have a note and I, I, cause I, I mentioned that I wanted to circle back on this and it's a question that I wanted to ask you, especially now because of the recent hurricane. And I talked to someone else this morning whose family was impacted. Obviously you are there. You luckily were not impacted or at least your home. Um, for people who are going through something like that, something where um, their safety is at risk, or maybe they lose their house or or something happens to their family and stuff, how do you use the principles of the law of attraction? And what is your advice? Obviously we don't know, we're not talking about every situation, but just in general, how do you approach things like that that are completely out of our control? Yeah. So again, for me, and I, I actually did this my whole life before I even knew about the manifestation and knew what I was doing, but I always visualize the outcome that I want, especially in scary situations. So like, I've always had a fear of flying. So when I get on a plane, I visualize the plane landing and me getting off and going to my destination with the hurricane. Um, I've been through a couple now and same thing. I visualize like the hurricane being over and we're all just safe and protected. And I just tell myself, like, you can replace material things. You can't replace people. So as long as we're safe, like that's all that matters. But, um, I actually wrote out in my journal as it was coming, um, you know, I'm so grateful that my family's safe. I'm so grateful that our house is standing and everything is okay. And that we got through this and I'm grateful that we have the ability to help others that need help. And I just try to focus on those affirmations for me. I like to write them out and then, um, visualizing that and writing it out kind of helps me picture it in my mind's eye. And I really think that's powerful. And then if you are in a situation where you actually were um, impacted, like some of the people in, you know, Fort Myers and Naples, um, again, like visualize the outcome that you want, visualize that you're getting all the help you need, that your insurance company is coming through and, you know, giving you um, the money that you need to rebuild quickly. um, And that, you know, people are showing up and helping you and giving you all the items that your family needs. Like in any situation, the one thing that we have control over is our thoughts and what's going Mm -hmm. on in our mind. You know, no thing can take that away. And so, just use that to visualize the best case scenario. And every time I do that, it really does play out just as I visualized it. But the problem is in scary times, a lot of us visualize the worst and we worry about the worst and we talk about the worst and we think, oh my gosh, we're going to lose everything. And that's not what you want to do. You want to think about the best case scenario and talk about the best case scenario and focus your attention and your energy on that. Yeah. Jack Canfield says, um, has this equation E plus R equals O, which is event plus response, our response to it equals the outcome. So how can you respond to something that is going to get you to the outcome that you want? Um, I also like to just think about, you could think about like your highest version of yourself, or maybe there's someone in your life that you just respect so much and they handle situations so beautifully and kind of trying to embody that energy when something like this happens like how would the highest version of myself respond to this probably feeling grateful that I'm alive and that my family is alive and we're healthy and safe and then what what would I do next Mm -hmm. um yeah I just um well sending sending thoughts and prayers to everyone who was impacted but um 
Stephanie, I love what you, what you said there. I would love to just shift gears one final time and just ask how people can connect with you. Tell us about um, your, the law of attraction tribe and um, what you have going on in your world right now, besides your books. I want to hear about your books too. Yeah. So I'm on all the social medias at law of attraction tribe. My app is called manifest it now. Um, there's a lot of free stuff, including subliminals. If anyone is interested in that, that's a great place to get them. I can also send a link to give everyone a free, um, abundance subliminal. Um, and then inside the app is my inner tribe, which is our manifestation community. We do live calls and we have guest speakers come in and do all sorts of fun workshops. Um, because I just believe that having that supportive community is so important in the manifestation process. And then, um, yeah, my book, uh, the first book is called trust the universe and it's a very actionable, tangible guide through the manifestation process. So every single chapter has different practices and meditations, um, that you can do to implement what you're reading about. And then the follow-up to that is called manifest your dreams. And it's actually a journal. It's a guided journal that you can write in it and they're just beautiful books. So I always tell people like, if anything, it makes your bookshelf look great. So (laughs) those are out and available in all the bookstores. And I just really appreciate you having me on today. And for everyone listening, thank you. I appreciate you and I appreciate your support. I hope that you are leaving this episode feeling inspired to go and send that text, make that phone call, apply for that job, hire the coach, do the thing that has been on your mind. Like just take that first step right now, not tomorrow, not next week, but today. It could be the very first step in changing your life. And in the meantime, if you know anyone who would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Maybe it's a friend or your sister or your cousin or your mom or a neighbor send it to them, it might just inspire them to do the thing that they've always wanted to do. All right, guys, sending you lots of love and light, and I will talk to you next week.